Welcome back to the Staggerall Podcast. This episode, uh, Stefan and I decided to do a bit of a cross-pod. So if you're over there on Garish Jim NZ, you'll see this same podcast show up. It's always cool when we have listeners who are uh, crossing over. If not, go and check out Garish Jim NZ. Stefan is an absolute machine. He did 365 days of Murph. Wowie. And now um, he's coming up with a different hero wad each month. Um, Chad he kicked off the year with and currently in March he's doing The Legend um, he talks a little bit about that in this podcast um, yeah Stefan's from Invercargill turns out my old man used to coach him rugby back in the day so I was probably on, on a sideline there um, and yeah just a great story go back and listen to a couple of the other episodes that we've done uh, both of those from last year the first one being this time last year um so, the podcast, as you know, is brought to you by Kane's Deer Velvet. Um, Kane's Deer Velvet, you can get 20% off by using the discount code STAGGERAL252. Um, if you have your loved one, have some aches and pains setting in or an injury that needs supporting to heal, consider topping up your body with Kane's Deer Velvet. It's packed full of amazing nutrients that the body uses and maintaining the immune system, bones, joints, circulation, and general well-being. That email... Uh, it, email website again is www.canesdevelvet.com and like i said use staggerall 252 for 20 off drinkelement.com slash staggerall get your hands on a free sample just pay for the shipping um, if you want to commit to a bit more you if you spend over 100 us you'll get free shipping if you're in the us well you guys are in luck shipping's paid for um, and drink Ardipa, um, you can get 20% off an order off their website. That's in the show notes. Stag Raw will get you 20% off for there. But again, just check the show notes. Uh, please slap the old ratings, whatever platform you're on there. It helps us to get the Stag Raw out to more people, help more people be inspired by people living a life less ordinary. Um, you know, hear more stories that might change their life, might give them permission to search after their goals to move out from who they are today and grow into someone inspiring and awesome and help them to live a life less ordinary, more extraordinary. Right, speaking of extraordinary people, let's get into this awesome conversation Stefan and I have um, crossed into webs, unfortunately, but uh, yeah, good and in-depth and broad. Enjoy. Stefan, how's it going? Ryan, Ryan, yeah, good, bro. Yeah, good. Um, <laughs> man, when was it? About a year ago we last caught up, eh? Um, almost. Oh, yeah. That's good sound. Have you tried the the, the cans of the old art? Is it? The uh, Reaper? No, 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 I haven't. I'm a glass man. Haven't, haven't, haven't um, split open a can yet. Haven't cracked a gold one of Aripa. <laughs> no, no, not yet. So speaking yet. of Aripa, mate, you uh, went along to what? What did um, what did they call that with with for all the brothers there with uh, um the brain chat, brain chat with Mister Munro. What a collab! Yeah. That, what a collab that is. <laughs> well, he's got a nice one going on there. Um, yeah, it was it was good. Eh? It was good. Um, it was it's good to have a chat. Talk about Murph, obviously. 
um because i had like two days left to go i think mm, so yeah. i was i was able to go and have a yarn and about that but sort of how that sort of transpired and sort of what it meant for me and um you know just that whole sliding into a routine and mm. also because giving yourself that time giving yourself like an hour and a half two hours a day was just for you yeah so you can sort of get deep into your own thoughts um maybe not even that too deep it was just kind of like giving yourself some kindness and um just set it, settling yourself down for the day ahead so um yeah it was good to have a chat with um the boys um a couple of the boys that were there and i've been to a few of the brain chats and the boys they've all been really really interesting for different reasons mm-hmm. um one one for the stories that people will have to tell and to share and, and sort of the advice and the insight as well but also seeing and hearing from gentlemen and you know men in the room that you you probably most necessarily wouldn't ever come across you know and then hearing their sort of side stories and sort of what what's going on in their lives as well so you know zane and Odette have done a fantastic job in sort of establishing that uh, it's well worth going along you know it's only once a month so if anyone wants to it's well worth going along and just being in a space where you actually are not the only person in there that potentially has or ha- or is struggling with some form of um, mental health or depression or been through some tragedy or some sort of situation which is sort of it's it sets you back a little bit. I'd like to so also nah. think, think about it the other way, eh? Like if you're doing well, going along to something like that, you know, having a bit of a quartet or with people, um, mm. you've got that icebreaker of a speaker that sort of breaks down the barriers of of things that are going going on like creates creates a little bit of vulnerability off the bat you know you you all can start to speak to your lived experience compared to the story um how the story relates to you and that just sort of you know brings brings the tone down a, a little so people are a little bit more open and willing to communicate and so what, what's the sort of balance between interaction and the speaker man like how long did you speak for? Oh man, um, yeah, it probably it, it really depends, eh? Because sometimes speaking can be go for like maybe 10, 15 minutes. For myself, I was I was probably a good forty minutes. Yeah. Um, because here I was telling a story that was going over a whole year every day. Yeah. Um, and you know, the goodness of it, like so, the good aspects of it. So yeah, and and. Uh, you know allowing people the opportunity to ask questions and um and just trying to get some dialogue going but i guess for a majority of people they just they're there to listen they yeah. just want to hear what someone else says that doesn't look like them that looks okay mm-hmm. and and i am okay you know i, I mean what a, what does a person actually look like that may be struggling you know i think <laughs> that sort of that, that breaks it all down it's like people like yourself you know me that look like me look like you look like saying yeah what does the person hey, there were some people in need think like man these, these people just look like they got it on mm. and um and they were creatives business people or uh, builders um you know there's one person i don't I think saying of mine who he actually just been released from mountain prison yeah like about four weeks earlier but when you talk to him, you wouldn't even know that you would not have guessed that he'd done time inside. Mm. His perspective of life was on, but that's that lived experience, right? At different levels from everyone. And who's to say that 
someone who's maybe may have been incarcerated isn't living an amazing lived experience right now compared to someone who's a multimillionaire you know and it sort of just kind of blows your mind you go like actually what does someone what does someone look like that's actually got a mental health issue or concern there is no contributing this is the what you need to look like to look like shit it doesn't exist right yeah so, have, you managed, have you managed to get through kane briscoe's book sorry to, have you managed to get through kane briscoe's book no no not yet no no oh, um I took it down with, well, actually, Nicole took it down with her to Glenny Bay and left it behind. And then so mum's read it, read through it and then just um, talking with uh, some friends down in Chicago and, and a colleague, and she's like, all right, he needs to read this book. She's like, it's like, it's from the perspective of a farmer. And like, you yeah. read, read through the book and you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Oh, it's very, all very simple. Like, think, think well move your body, have good communities and communicate your issues. Like, you know, yes. that, whole, that whole cliche of uh, problem share, problem half. Like, you know, yeah. if they're, they're simple and then Kane does an awesome job of relating it to the issues in his, in his short life. Like, I think he says in there somewhere, like, you know, I'm, I'm young and, and full of gusto and don't have it all figured out, but yeah. this, is, this is what's served me so far, you know. Um, yeah. And and it, it is just that like what you were saying about like what what does having it all put together mean and i don't think that's a that's a um a situation like you know um <laughs> exactly like that you, you see somebody as a human being at a, at a meeting like you know the the nice um officers of of Ardipa and everyone's there you know dressed respectfully mm. and, and it's just a person and you know they come with a name and they they come with a face and then you know the who are you and it's like oh right so there's there's a lot under the cover there you know and you mm. and i have have, have a sim similar experiences um na navigating the children thing but like yeah exactly like we're good and, and sometimes you feel sort of guilty of like you I don't know. I, I don't know about you, but I sometimes say, well, I thank God that's like the least of my worries. <laughs> yeah. Well, 100%. Yeah, 100%. I agree with that too. And sometimes you feel like, do I need to feel um, less happier? Because <laughs> people tell me I'm sad. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, but um, Am I too happy? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Am I, yeah. Am I, am I too happy? Am I like, you got it going on and, and, and I'm doing okay? Am I, am I disconnected from my reality? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're going to have those. I think you've spoken about it before, right? You're going to have those um, peaks, and you're going to have those lows, and, you, and that, that's just part of life, right? And then it could happen at the workspace, or just happen. You know, you may have a bit of a disagreement with your partner, um, but it's how you come and deal with those those lows, right? And how you come out of them, you know, positively in the end, and how how you don't let them linger mm. like drag you down bro because i think sometimes situations become a bit of a weight and an anchor and it's like bro just cut it like maybe you just go look at it and go like actually okay i had a disagreement um why why did i feel like that why do they feel like how they do maybe if we just have a quick chat about it why and then you find out oh mine it could be a misunderstanding or you know you're allowed to have a disagreement have a different opinion from someone else
as long as you respect them, right? So, uh, yeah. But anyway, how about you? You've been um, you've been a busy man <laughs> in the past twelve months. Yeah, no. Um, um, just just keep with in terms of the podcast, just keep it keep it coming, which is which is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting having a, having a sponsor on board. It's quite motivating to get it done. Um, yeah. Not not that I wasn't getting it done during that year, but towards the back end of the year. Having a sponsor, it's like right. I've got to get it done. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's just yeah. that like adds a, adds a touch of touch more accountability. That's not just yourself, um, and yeah. and the listeners, which is which is cool. Um, yeah, for oh, lots of commuting. I'm I'm living like an Aucklander, driving driving forty minutes to work each day, fifty minutes to work each day. Yeah, thankfully I'm not stuck in traffic. Although I've got a, there's a little road work that that stops us off, but yeah, uh, that that's all good. Yeah, man. Um. This the old uh, circle of savages coming along has been quite cool. Uh, gives you gives. Uh, I, I like that little one one month of giving you something to do. Like um, Justin, yeah. uh, Justin, I've started off with that one thousand calories on the assault bike. Unfortunately, I don't have one. So, or maybe fortunately, I don't know how you look at that one. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, to then like create a challenge each month, um, yeah, is, is pretty cool. So yeah, how how would you attack? attack a thousand burpees there it's one burpee at a time isn't it there Stefan? <laughs> one burpee at a time I, I i'll just man that is that's a tough have you done it before i've never done a thousand burpees no. i've done like a I've done a thousand um cows on the salt bike a few times done like the thousand you know meters vert the thousand step ups that you're doing in January. What, what was that one? Called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chad, Chad. Because I said to I said to um, Kane, I said, mate, I just did Chad, mate. I basically I basically did Mount Everest four times. So, uh, <laughs> and but yeah, like the, um, the yeah the burpees. Oh man, that's a big boys, big boys, big lads are not going to enjoy doing a thousand burpees. One, it's going to crush your knees. Two, it's going to like wreck your wreck your sort of um upper body because you're gonna have to push that weight off the ground um to get up so yeah i'll be doing it on blocks of like 200 like yeah 200, me and ryan, 200, ryan nicholson 200. were talking the other day because he did he did pomodoro working because he was working from home and then on his five minutes he managed to blast out 50 and i said oh how do you feel today and he said oh the old like shoulders are a bit sore and yeah. I, said, I was like, oh, how I attack it is I try to get that like real flowing thing, like so a good knee tuck. And so that momentum of knee tuck kind of lifts you off the ground and you're not pushing off the ground so much. And then on the drop down, really try to like fly the legs back so you are sort of, all you're doing is kind of cushioning the landing, especially when it's like hands away, chest on the ground, like just like cushion the landing. And he's like, yeah, I did that. I was like, oh, well, that's good then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just short you shorten your um you shorten shorten your leg span. So people go like straight back with their legs straight, but you I you I spray the legs out. So uh-huh. you got less distance to jump. Yeah. That's a little trick that I've learned over time. But I do I've been doing like two hundred because this month I've been doing legend and that's two hundred burpees at the end of legend. So What's I've, the whole thing? What's it? uh legends um so four pistol squats each leg 25 kettlebell swings 
50 push-ups, 75 pull-ups, and then repeat the push-ups and the kettlebell and the pistols, and then do 200 burpees at the end. So your so, so your um, 75 pull-ups is your peak, and then your uh, um, back to 50. Yeah, and your burpees are your yeah, back to 50 push-ups. Yeah, 50 push-ups, 25 kettlebell swings, eight or four pistols each leg, and then finish on 200 burpees. So I've done, well, I've done my thousand. Yeah. I've done 1,400 already, mate. Yeah, good. 1,400, but like, it just, and I do them in allotments of tens. So yeah. I do 10 burpees, boom, 10 burpees, boom, and I, I can't, my rest maybe could be 30, 45 seconds, but I, yeah. I'm, I'm not, I don't, you know, I'm, I don't get concerned around the rest time anymore. It's like just get get it, do it, but do it well, so you're not doing real crappy movements. Yeah, um, and it's quite nice doing it at, in the morning. It's nice and it's a little cooler. Boom, you just get it done, and then in the heat of the day. But yeah, that's what I do: tens, ten. I do twenty tens, and legs. I just push them out a little bit, so I'm not having to do a, a bigger jump um, if I'm going straight legged. I don't. Is that in the rules, bro? I didn't even read the rules. I just did. It. I'm just uh, just just <laughs> to ground, just to ground, and get your hands away. I and jump, uh, above, yeah. jump above the head. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've been yeah. Um, trying to. I, did, I sort of did that with um, the farmers carry as well, but a pavel satsu, grease the groove. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I've been doing them mostly in the morning. Just yeah, like you say, five here, ten there. You know, up to 20 now, you know, so that's why I went into the second week and I'm, and I'm starting to get through 20 quite comfortably. Yeah, getting yeah. sort of, uh, you know, it's not heaps, like 50, 60 reps in the morning. It, yeah. it, was, just, it was the same leading into your last yeah. Murph. I was just doing yeah. like, you know, started off with sort of 20 press-ups and I was getting up to rounds of 50 press-ups and then I think 60 press-ups. I think one, yeah. just before I was, I was about to do – Murph on your last day, I was I was able to do that first round of press ups at seventy, and so then Mate, ironi- then, then ironically, and I was doing heaps of um, ring rows as well. Then ironically, I went and did the the Murph, and it was short enough. It was the the thirty air squats, you know, rounds of thirty air squats. that were just like, oh, this is painful because I had like, <laughs> I was like air, air squats are the are the cruisy rest bit, but I was like, oh, yeah. these other two, all of a sudden, it is just, it's funny how like. The movement you do becomes so much easier so fast. Yeah, yet if you neglect something, and it's a, like that was the same yeah. when I went hunting in January. Like I'd been doing all that running, and I was, but it was just like, oh, I put a pack on my back, and all of a sudden it just like drained me. I was like, oh dear God, there's there's no winning here. Eh? You got to be uh, <laughs> diverse and versatile. Eh? <laughs> oh man, yeah, you just got to keep, you know, you just yeah, you just got to move and keep moving. And it's funny, like because burpees, right? my gosh, if you ever wanted to sort of get into condition, that's definitely, that would be one of the top five that you would pick to do and add into your mixer if you just wanted to do 90 days conditioning, get yourself back into the mixer shape, mm. you'd be adding burpees into the mix because it is, no one loves burpees. No, no one's going to go around and go like, hey, I hope we're doing burpees today, guys. It is awful. Um, and it, because it, it really attacks your mind and actually the movement's really quick. Mm. Like you can actually cycle through, you know, even if you're doing 10s, you'll be smashing out 10 in like 15 seconds, maybe 20 seconds. Um, but it's just your, your weight, man. I've got 115 kegs, bro. I've got to like lift that. I've got to lift that carcass off the ground, mate, you know? So it's like, oh my gosh. But then it's, 
it's you know right too because you can step away and it's funny because i went back to pull-ups this month uh with legion for a month of march and i um and i, I was kind of like well i wonder how that's going to feel because i hadn't done them for a couple of months yeah but i felt pretty good eh? It's amazing what your muscle memory is just like it's just sitting there and just boom it's ready to roll so, yeah, but I'm I'm only doing seventy five. I'm not doing only like you know, <laughs> not only seventy five. You know, when I'm talking about, I'm not talking a hundred here. I mean, I mean only seventy five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Only, se- only seventy five of no weighted vest. So it's kind of like, oh my gosh, that's a dream. Oh, yeah. then, there's, then there's that yeah now, oh, i reckon i reckon a real you were talking about the conditioning thing a real dark horse movement to add just that extra bit of strength to it um is the old turkish get up i know i know oh, yeah. tom walsh and um history the conditioning coach that i used to live with john they were like if you had to do one thing turkish get up's got to be in, in in the running for um for a strength movement like Get, lie down, get off the ground, yeah. and just that twist, twisting, uh, torsional action mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, and then and I'd throw yeah. in there um, uh, the sledgehammer. I'd be tra- yeah. just splitting, splitting rounds the other day. Gosh, bit tired on yes. the across the across I, the. Uh, I saw that abdominals. Tell you what. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hundred percent, man. You couldn't go wrong with yeah, uh, Turkish get ups. Bit of sledgehammer action. I used to do quite a bit of that. Um, at the CrossFit gym I used to go to a few years ago, I just bought myself like a 20 kg sledgehammer. Mm. I used to just go out and just like pound this massive tire. Mm. Um, and it's just, it's, it's, it's good, simple, simple exercise, but man, it's honest, it's honest, hard labor, mate. That's what mm-hmm. that is. And uh, you can't escape it. Um, what was gonna, the other one I reckon is, oh, anything farmers carry, as you yeah. know, you've done that before. That's, um, that's that's a bit of that's a bit of a brutal beast and tie flips. Tie flips, yes. There's another yeah. There's another one, and I need to think that's real heavy that you need to pick up off the ground and then just turf it over your shoulder. That's another oh, sand, good sandbags, eh? They go, they go. Sandbags, dead balls. Yeah, they go real good. They're tidy as. Um, yeah. Simple, effective, brutal. You were saying about good honest work. Um, a guy, uh, or a farm that's going to be on Country Calendar soon is Welcome Rock, where they host The Revenant. And I, I saw him put up a um, video today of, of two dogs and he's waxing lyrically. But yeah, he commented on um, you need to be like water making its way through the cracks. Do not be assertive, but adjust to the object. You shall find a way around or through it. And I was like, oh, jeepers, mate, this is the age of ice. Uh, you know, um, Ryan, what's his name? Ryan Holiday, the stoic guy. The obstacle is the way. A few damp and naughty buggers in there. Oh, yeah, that's just making excuses. Um, <laughs> and then he's like, ah, but it's a noble vocation, my good man. Tis a satisfying sound and a sight to behold, the yielding of wood. And uh, he who cuts wood gets warm twice. That's a, that's a, um, what's, this, what's that thing? Confucius, supposedly, whoever Confucius. that is. Confucius. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're right. It sounded a little bit like Bruce Lee. Yeah, you know, make a... your way through water. Hey, um, well, you just mentioned something there too. The Revenant. Mm. Oh, let's have a quick chat about that. Like, I never even knew it existed till I read an article on NZ stuff, and it was like, that sounded like only one person's finished in like the last three years or something like that. It's some crazy. Yeah. And I've been um, up, I've been like... up Roy's pick with that guy, yeah, and then uh, in. That's... 
in winning uh, completed God's Own last month. A few, a few people that were on the river yeah. that went and completed God's yeah. Own. Adam, Adam Keane, um, my mate Howes, she was on mm. God's Own, but she didn't do Revenant this year. She's done, she's competed in it twice. Her and her boyfriend Chris, they competed it. Um, yeah, mm. it also God's Own, eh? If you, you know, just go, go out there for seven days and then finish off with a casual 19k, um, beach run just to get home, you know, like no worries at all. <laughs> yeah, Revenant, hey. Revenant's nuts, Revenant 200k, deep south. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, and- I think, I think that height. That, that that gully they're going on going up and down is kind of like twelve hundred meters, and yeah. if you look at the map, you've really really got to pick your spur, like, um, because there's, there's time caps, eh? There's time yeah. caps on points, isn't there? Eh? You've got to get to each. So that's what un, that's what under Ian yeah. this year. The three that he was in, they didn't make the third lap in time. Oh, was it third? No, that was only the second lap in time. The the guy, the last guy that was out there, he was out there for the third lap all by his own, and he missed the cutoff to uh-huh. go out for the last lap by half an hour. Um, and he's just some some fella from just a farm around Lumsden or something like that. He's he's one of these. Yeah. You know, did you used to watch the results of the Kepler come in the in the Southland Times back in the day? And it just would just be like yeah. musters from just I've just rock, rocked up. To Tiano and just blasted it up, up the keeper and back. And you're like, these guys are crazy, yeah. <laughs> mate. Absolute bonkers, they eh? like just phenomenal. But the revenant, man, when I was reading, I was like, oh, is that the toughest <laughs> race in you in the world or in New Zealand? Like, it's like to figure that only one person's finished it in something in so many years. And well, I it's think, got real I think, low. I think overall, overall, there's um. I think four. I think that's right. So I think first two years, no one finished. The third year, I yeah. think a group of three or a group of two. And then the next year, Ian finished, Ian uh, Evans. And then the year after, no one. Oh, yeah, the last two years, no one's finished. <laughs> but they changed no, it. They changed it this year of, as well, which is cool. What sort of. Um... What sort of mindset of willpower do you think somebody has in them to go ahead and commit to such events like that? Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting having talked with Ian and then gone up Roy's Peak with Ian. He he really enjoys the process. Um, it, it was like I sort of having troubles with my my calves on the way up i don't know what's going on there but then i put my compression stockings on the other week when we did um tongarera and also when i went back up to harder and it didn't happen i'm like oh yeah i don't know what the story is there so whether it is just some minor compartment syndrome or some shit like that i don't know mm. um but um yeah he just has that mentality of like keep going take the next step um, enjoy mm. what you're doing. Have a look around. Look up and have a look around. You know, that's what the cool thing is about the Revenant. You know that like Northern Southland, Tussock Country, Big Spurs, mm. the, the, the creek and the um, beach beach forest at the bottom. And yeah, so I, it, it's pretty cool. Um, the the fact that it's sort of competition or there's benchmarks. I think that that yeah. might, might keep you going. I don't, I don't, I don't know, but yeah, he's he's just he's diff- he's a different breed. Um, I know Helen Woodworth, yeah, a different breed. You know, 
it's just, it's just something in, yeah. in in those people. Yeah, and it, and it's interesting, yeah. like you say, is it the hardest thing? You look at God's own, and it's like seven days. You sleep, yeah. sleep bugger all. You know, like I said, at the end of it, you just got a casual nineteen k mm. beach run to get finished. Yeah. <laughs> But lots of people finish it, and 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 that's that's got that team culture to it. Um, yeah. When I was out in the Omaru hut in January, there was two groups of people um, out there training for it. You know, one of them rocked up at three a.m. coming down from Auckland, um, and then it's like three hours walk in, and and yeah, like um, I was thinking, well, you know, it's not so good for us in the hut being woken up at three a.m. with head torches, but. Um, in terms of you guys practicing navigation in the dark and and resilience mm. and that sort of stuff, that's you know, that's probably quite good. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, you, it's just like anything. Yeah. I think like with you doing Murph, it's just that switch that you click that we're capable mm. of, well, appe- yeah. appears, appears we're capable of to go. You know what? I'm doing this, and I think that's mm. like, like the same with jobs, the same with relationships, the same with. Yeah. Um, business business ventures or whatever it's their decision to implement and um keep going until you're beaten or you've won <laughs> yeah i think that is yeah um and you're right too everyone's got that kind of in them eh, right this is a matter of you wanting to press the button mm. a little bit and then it, you, sometimes you just got to Press it to see if you can do it because I didn't think that I would do Murph for 365 days. Mm. Um, I was really aiming for 31 and to complete that. And and then once you got through that, you're like, oh shit, I've done it for 31. I must well go for 100. But it, it took me a long time to commit to 365. But I keep like adding 100, 150, 200. And it's like, done 200. You might as well just keep going. And that was the mm. kind of mindset when I got the 200. It was like, oh, it's only 165. I'm more than halfway. <laughs> Um, that's what it's what's weird, eh? Like the little the little confidence booster stuff. Mm. Like that's the same when Pat's my mate Pat said he needed to do four hours and I was like, Oh well, we'll run over and back on the Tongarao crossing. And I was like, you know, I'd done Royce Peak in January and then I think I'd been up to Harder twice. Um but I was like mm. just I have enough proof in my head that I can do it. Because mm. 'cause I've done some hard shit. Um and that, that was exactly like my knee was hurting, but it was like, well, I'm almost here. There's this much to go. I'm all, I'm, now I'm here. There's this much to go. Now I'm here. I'm nearly done. And and, it, and mm-hmm. it's like that. It's, um, you have that with swimming. You know, you've got so many sets of whatever, mm. yeah, especially when you're trying to push those VO2 max sets. You get into the to the wall. You know, coach throws you your heart rate monitor at you. You yell. He, he, he tells you your time, you yell out your heart rate, and then it's kind of like, right, let's go the next set again. And he's just like, like this, and there's, you know, eight, eight, eight to go, five to go, three to go, yeah. done. And then he's like, right, chill, chill out, and uh, now we're going to go do a kick set. And, uh, yeah, and like, you're kicking away your, your lactic acid in your legs, but you're able to breathe because you hit the other one. You're like, all right, you know, that was done. And um, then you're off to school. <laughs> 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 so yeah, that's like, yeah, because there's all these little rewards, eh? Yeah, that you, you that you target yourself. But again, maybe that's not that's something that's not built in everyone either. Like yeah. looking at little micro rewards that fuel the next phase of achieving the next reward. And I kind of that's how I approach or what I do now. Now, when I started with Murph, 
So like just little rewards along the way and they become they come at you a lot quicker when you set those little rewards. Do you notice that? Yeah. And that's that's kind of like what's cool about Topo with my sort of bugbear in health, like the whole like metabolic dysfunction, diabetes thing. Like you've you've mm. spoken you've spoken to Glenn. I think, yeah. I think, think reversal NZ is over two hundred people reversed now. And it's kind of like yeah. having that little bit of social proof out here in Topo gives me a little bit more of a leg to stand on to be like, hey, this A one C shit. Or like, mm. why don't why don't you even know it? You know, we need it. We need to track it. And then, like, explaining like three months is great because we get to go. You know, we're the same. Well, that's okay, mm. but um, but we can do better. You know, if it's worse, it's been three months, so it's only a little bit worse, and we can identify the the problem in that last three months. But if it's like six months, nine months, you're like, well, it could have been anything, and then vice versa. When you do improve, you get to pat yourself on the back and go. Oh, I just need to do more of that. I I can do that. Yeah. I just need to do more of that. And, yeah. And and then away you go. And the whole like, you know, engaging engaging with it. That's that like decision. Like, I I don't like where where this is going. And maybe that's might might be what's wrong with the education around that. Like, mm. understanding the significance. Lots of people don't understand the significance. Um, I had a patient the other day that's already seen the ophthalmologist was coming back to see me and i needed to like really like reinforce to her like hey i understand that you've been looking after you, your partner but you're already on a shaky ground here you don't know where you're at and you're telling me that you're not going to go get your blood test despite the fact you're going to go to an appointment i said the ophthalmologist would really like to know that information about where your blood test is at sure mm. her photos didn't look good and I, I sort of flicked it through the ophthalmologist to be like, well, this is what it looked like this month. Hopefully it's better next month. And I've encouraged them to go get their blood test. So there's a bit of a trend going on there, you know, and Christmas, the months after Christmas are never good. Speaking of yeah. those, those three months, but that's, that's again, like what happened three months ago, I had Christmas in the year and a bit of January too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, I've, I agree with you too, because people like self sabotage, right? A mm. little bit. You can use that as an as a reason why you're not doing the things that you need to do that you know you need to do to make yourself yourself better. But you're gonna start like, oh no, Christmas, New Year's, mm. bit of Jan. Um, whereas like me, oh, that's just me. But there's many others that think along the same. It's just like oh. This week you're going to have busies the night before. I'm still going to train the next day. Mm. <laughs> it's going to feel awful, um, but actually it felt less awful. One because I think I was like already in my mind. I'd already said like that was going to be my reward for the night before. Was oh yeah, I know I'm going to train. Yep, I'm going to not feel super great, but I'm going to feel really a lot better after I finish because it's like, yeah, I did something after I. Drunk busies and had a few whiskeys the night before. You're gonna have some pride. <laughs> you gotta have some pride in yourself at the end. That yeah. And again, despite something being hard, it still doesn't mean that you can't do it. Um, it's, it's quite good, eh? Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Do you think um, you know, like success, say for an individual, is it is it an individual journey or a collective one? Both. And that's what yeah. um, Ryan, 
I was talking with Ryan Nicholson the other day. Like, mm. I was like, do you think openness is trainable? Because we're talking about sort of mm. business hierarchies and stuff like, you know, what you've bloody experienced over the last year, <laughs> um, in, ingrained patterns of uh, um, systems yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. I was like, do you think openness is trained? And and then Ryan said, well, it probably comes back back a step again. It's like, what are you like in your self-awareness to go like, hey, maybe there's a different way of doing this or, hey, just because someone's, you know, lower than me on, on the um, structural hierarchy, maybe they're seeing this with the different eyes. Um, mm. I shouldn't feel attacked by that. I can then communicate to them why we'd, you know, bloody Simon Sinek, the start with why thing, um, why we're doing it this way. Had they considered that? Um, yeah. And so instead of just like the whole shutdown um, mm. type or type of thing, and, and yeah, I think that that is a little bit of like the success paradigm is like how willing are you to learn? How open are you? Um, mm. And and yeah, yeah, the flow, the flow of a day, like you, you, like I said before, you got to make a decision and commit and implement, but is there a bit? There's often a better way or a different way. <laughs> yeah, I think you learn what those because it's different for every person, eh? Yeah, like you know how you see like those goal setting um, books or symposiums or things like that. I'll just say like, oh my gosh, they go rehashing the same stuff all the yeah. time, but realizing that it, you need to individualize that approach for every single person because your goal setting for yourself. It's going to be different than my goal setting for myself because we've got you know different reward mechanisms that we're going for aiming for um but when you have a blanket goal setting component i think people get caught up in oh i've got to follow what how i don't know bad example how dave goggins approaches life <laughs> but you know what i mean but he's like what zero point zero one percent of the human population that would he's pretty that, individual <laughs> yeah, they can do what, yeah, and he's very individual. He's very confronting and challenging. Um, he doesn't give a shit what people think. And, um, but yeah, you know, I think people get caught up, hey, on the following some trend. Well, not, that's a big trend, but it's like, it's, it's nice to see what he does. But it's like, bro, there's 0.0111% of the population will do whatever he does. Mm. You know, I think goal setting is, um, do you believe in goal setting? I do it. Is, go is goal setting a thing, or how how much of how much of your life do you do you set up around goal setting? Hmm. When I was swimming, it was, but that was like mm. that was like um, short term stuff. Like we'd have a meet, mm -hmm. and obviously you'd have a qualifying time. There'd be you know if you had, had made the qualifying time and all that, it's like well, what's current New Zealand record type type sort of stuff. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh would have goal times then that are that would set out you know back to those vo2 max sets like that would be set out training times um whereas when it came to football being a team sport it was like i don't know how we thought about goals when it came, mm. came to football eh? like we there's obviously a game each week and um you'd be trying to score a goal you'd be trying to um you would, would would train patterns. It's kind of like rugby. You train patterns. Mm. Obviously, with um, set pieces in rugby, you the, you can train patterns way better. 
Um, and then when it came to playing rugby, being a, especially when I was playing um, flanker, you'd have those real micro micro skills in the game. You know, turnover, tackle, um, scrum, line out. Yeah, so that was that was that was quite good to to when I get it going to a game, write down a few things, a few sort of trigger points to to mm. focus on. Um, I'd always write like keep moving forward, um, because you know. In the tackle, we want to move forward. In the contact, we want to move forward. Scrummaging, we want to move forward. Um, and we want to score tries. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. just. But yeah, I, I don't know if that was an ultimate ultimate goal. Uh, that was sort of more process driven, wasn't it? And like, if you followed that process, then you should win. And if you're winning, then you're going to be in the right place within mm. in the competition. Then you're going to have the knockouts, and then you know, hopefully, and and. Thankfully for me, sort of three years in a row, we we won. <laughs> it was good. <Yeah. laughs> there you go. But yeah. like goal setting for moments, eh? Hey? Yeah, that, that, that especially in rugby, that was definitely yeah. yeah. And same with same with sevens, like such a like open, free flowing game. Um, being one of the forwards, you you were, I, was, I was that sort of worker forward, like so. It was just like. Tr- ruck to ruck, try to have a clean ball, try to have that ball moving. If you're mm-hmm. if you're if you're caught out in the middle, move it on, get on the playmaker, get get on the shoulder of the playmaker, um, know those little interactions between the playmaker and make that short line so that then if we did make a break and we didn't score, we had that clean ball and we could capitalize on on the break. Because mm. yeah, you know, sim sucks if you're moving backwards. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Move backwards, no ball. Yeah, no ball. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is, isn't it just like the biggest relief when you kick off and you whack the ball back and it goes to your player and you're just like, yes. <laughs> don't knock it on. Don't drop yeah, the ball. Don't drop the ball. Don't knock it on. Don't drop the ball. And yeah, if you're that worker forward, eh? Secure the ball. <laughs> don't let yeah. them have it back. Yeah, exactly. It's way, way easier to secure a ruck than bloody ch- chase the defensive line back and forth, oh. back and forth, back and forth. Tackle. Oh, God, give me it back up again. Sub. 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 That's what I like about like proper competition 7s, eh? No rolling subs. Like, you, you know, you, you've really just got to like hiss it out, you know. And if you're starting eh, through, through to the middle of the second half, maybe even the whole game, yeah. you're just like, huh? <laughs> oh, I know. Well, they're lucky now because they've they've created that they've increased the number of reserves you can use in the World Sevens now. So they, they literally are rolling them on and off. Yeah. Uh, no. But that means that you can just go hundred percent for whether it's one minute, two minutes, give it everything you've got, and then they can just sub you on, sub you off. Have you watched much um, of the Sevens series this year? Yeah, but yeah, I've probably watched it a little bit more than what I have in recent years. Obviously, COVID didn't help because it was so disruptive. But it's interesting to see how the New Zealand teams have changed the game of mm. sevens. Like the other teams, maybe not having New Zealand participate in so many comps was a false dawn for a few countries because it looks like New Zealand teams have changed up their style and approach, especially the women's. Like, oh yeah, um, the, the women's are dominating, but but I don't get in the means. Like we're seeing New Zealand, what they have a run of three, and mm. Argentina, we're like yeah. we're not seeing blitz block in Fiji all of a sudden, and Samoa are back back in there. Yeah, and I'm like, well, you know, the game hasn't huge like this this um, freshness, but I thought the freshness would have helped the likes of Fiji. 
you know, help, yeah. the, help the likes of South Africa with their big forwards and then like electric backs. Um, it's kind of it's kind of hindered them. It's hindered their development a little bit. And um, you think like with Fiji, like um, what's his name? Tuai Tuai. Oh, I didn't know the names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like one of the best teams players in the world. But he starts from the bench. Doesn't right. start games. He, st- yeah. he comes on. But I don't know whether that's because they've possibly been playing more 15s over in Europe or up in Japan and not a lot of sevens, so they haven't got that sharpness. Um, and then there's the great, the great Britain problem. Um, that's, that's awful. They need to just go back to their nations. That's, <laughs> it's, it's for the there. Olympics. It's for the Olympics. So, it's, yeah. it's set them back. Their sevens have slid backwards. Like only, and see, like, the team that's performing the best, I'll say, no, um, even in the meantime, is Ireland. Yeah, because they haven't been affected by this this combined Great Britain nations. Yeah, um, where the Irish women team seems to be doing pretty good. The men's team have done pretty good last season. They did they did really well. Mm. Um, they're, doing, they're doing pretty good this year too. But yeah, yeah for some reason, Argentina has come right up. Even like yeah. is it Uruguay or Paraguay? Uruguay. Yeah, 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 Uruguay, and then um, I said some more. Japan's doing all right in the women's sevens. Yeah. That's yeah, sad. like, but yeah, that's what I always mean. They've got some, um, like, so obviously, invest a lot of development in the university scene mm. over there. So, but their women's games, like, oh, it's like, oh, that's pretty mean. That's dope. Um, it's good to see other countries stepping up. The sevens is, looks, looks attractive this year. Like, it's, it's actually good to watch. I thought China might have come through, but it's, it's never, never developed a sort of, yeah. Um, no, it just hasn't happened, eh? Like, I, I remember so when was I playing like 2011, 13? Yeah, um, yeah, through through yeah. there, going to like the, the Mount Sevens, um, sorry, mm. the Tauranga Sports Sevens that have, um, that was no Mount Rugby Club Sevens, not not the um representative one. Um, yeah, we'd have teams from China come over and play. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just it hasn't really hasn't really kicked on. But then again, we talk about like what disrupted New Zealand two years ago. That you know, China obviously has that, and it's just so diverse. You know, you know, what do you do? Yeah, yeah. I know they yeah. paid a lot of people. It was the same as rowing. Paid a lot of people to go over there and coach. But yeah, yeah, they did do that. They paid a lot of people to go over there and coach. So maybe it's a step back for a couple of years. Maybe in the next ten, you'll yeah. see some growth in it. I mean, they need to. They need to be able to be competing on the Asian rugby's the tier two scene, you know, against Korea and South Korea. That is, and Hong, Hong Kong. Kong. Yeah, they need to be competing against them. And Malaysia, um, you was that where you were playing Malaysia? Right? Were yeah, yeah, we yeah, we haven't played in a tourney there, and um, the rugby's quite popular over there in South Southeast Asia. It's quite popular everywhere. Like it's, you know, people like running around Africa, seeing the development in Africa. Mm. You got you got Uganda, Kenya, you know Tunisia, Morocco, Zimbabwe, uh, Zimbabwe, um, you know, Nambia. You know they're all Congo. They're all playing yeah. rugby. It's quite popular. Um, so there's some potential growth there, for, especially for sevens. Fifteens, mm. um, yeah. Fifteens, no chance. Um, you know your top ten teams in the world are going to be the top ten teams in the world in 100 years time just and they 
you can easily develop sevens, eh? But I don't know how they go about developing a really strong growth pattern for fifteens worldwide. Mm. Like you've seen in the US and Canada. I mean, those guys have been playing rugby for yeah. like, I don't know hundred years. Well, the US was the the original um, Olympic champion until oh, no. he came back. What a what a that was a setup, wasn't it? <laughs> but um, you know, those countries they're not growing. No. I mean, I mean, they're slowly building something. Well, email, but, um, MLS, uh, MLR might help the US, like. Oh but yeah, then, but then, like you know, you you see that competition. No disrespect, but. Andy Ellis goes there and carves up. Yeah, and, I know. And, got, and now, now I see Kurt Baker's play, same team, Old Glory, um, yeah. coached by James Simple. Um, and it's just like he's, he just like runs yeah. through the whole fucking field. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, that's, yeah. I know Kurt yeah. Baker's good, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wasaki's up there. Wasaki's up there. Naholo. One, yeah, Naholo. He's got one good knee, still scorching people. He needs, his, um, he needs his grandfather to put some more leaves on it, I reckon. Uh, I think poor bloody guy, man. I think his knees just absolutely screwed. Yeah. He probably needs he probably needs um, stem cell. Probably yeah. should have had stem cell surgery on it a couple of years ago. Is he playing for Austin? He needs to get in there. Ways to be honest. Uh, for him. No, he's up, uh, he's up in New York. I know he was up in New York. He was up yeah. with Annie Ellis. I'm sure it was Annie Ellis and him oh, were yeah. in New York. But they won it. They won it last year. Mm. Yeah. Pretty yeah. good setup. So, see big, um, see big whopper on the on the waters last night for the hurricanes. Yeah, mate. Let's not talk about the hurricanes. Let's talk about how shit the Highlanders are at the moment. I'm really deeply concerned. Who who won that Blues Hurricanes? Was it the Blues in the end? Blues did, yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah. Left, it, left it with like 10, 10 or twenty minutes ago. So I'm going to bed. Yeah, nah, um, how bad Highlanders, are the Highlanders? Oh um, let's let's. Well, you're in your computer chair, but I'm in I'm in the armchair. We can. Armchair quarterback. Um, we, <laughs> watched, we watched. Them. We watched the Chiefs play the Hollanders. Be with the Hollanders playing like the Chiefs and the Chiefs playing like the Hollanders. Although no, I think I don't know if if the Hollanders have ever had um, such blinding cutting runs like Sean Stevenson did. But <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was not... saying I was saying to somebody the other day that like Martin McKenzie should be playing for the Hollanders, but I still don't think. Um, it would help when the ball is thrown like at his face or to the ground or yeah. just like, well, why do we keep throwing the ball away? Where the hell did that come from? This is oh, and this is coached by Clark Dermody, Tom Donnelly, and I know. Kendrick Lynn's not going to do that. <laughs> I know it's like, what's come on, boys, stag boys? What's, what's happening here? <laughs> not, enough, um, not enough with them, maybe. Although that's not they just don't let's not talk about the NPC karaoke dicks. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what's happening there. Maybe it's just, I mean, they've recycled, they've got a lot of players that have been there for the last couple of years, and they get and it's oh, because I heard, where is it? Do you remember? Oh, isn't that Hollanders doco that was on last year? No, nah, I missed that. I, missed I that. think it was on the Hollanders, and I think Jamie Joseph they were talking about, or someone was now like. But we just we are always going to get the players that are not first choice picks for the other franchises. Like they're always getting those types of players because they just can't get those those big. And they tried that, right? They tried that when they had uh, Martin. And, that was the worst and, season ever. Did, yeah, have, did and, you hear? Did you hear Whopper talk about that on What a Lad that season? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think I think I think. Um, 
Oh, James had like Whopper. He had Elliot Dixon, who was like very yeah. er, early to it, and he had somebody else. I think and Elliot told the the story about um, James Haskell and Jimmy Cowan having a fight. Yeah, oh, and no, no, it was it was, it was Elliot and 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 Elliot Jimmy and Cohen. Haskell. No, Elliot uh, and Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he slog, slogged them and knocked them out. <laughs> oh. Just wild, just wild times, mate. Down there, wild times. <laughs> But they're underperforming this year dramatically, so there's something not right at the moment down there, and which yeah. is a shame. Our beloved Highlanders are getting like absolutely pumped. Well, that's like that's my excuse for um, supporting the Roosters. Thank God they uh, got a got a performance yesterday. Um, unfortunately, it was against the Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, but we all looked all right, the Warriors too. And but then it kind of like, man, they make the stupidest mistakes at the wrong time. And then it just cools it for them. But um, they look good. They look better than last year. That sounds familiar to the stags on the Hollanders, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They look better than last year. Roosters were – they'll be good. Roosters will be good in about three or four weeks when they get all their boys back. I mean, they've got like about six or seven players missing. Well, that's the that's so, thing that I said about the Dolphins winning last week. I was like, that was bloody impressive. But yeah. what's their depth like? Because the NRL is such yeah. a long season. And oh. it, it is – that's a brutal game, eh? Like, brutal. Dolphins won last night, mate. They're two and zero, sitting top of the table over the Raiders. Well, mate, no. over the well, Wayne... Ricky, mate. Imagine being on the bus with Ricky Stewart, mate. I mean, mate, from there. I don't, I don't think I don't think Ricky Herbert has. We must have a vocabulary. He's a coach, but you know, you'd imagine there's a lot of f bombs filling a lot of gaps. Oh man, you'd be making sure you've got real good headphones on the noise cancelling ones. Because he'd be like chewing you up, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been interesting. Yeah, I've been I've watched a little bit of league. Oh, I, I love league, so I've been watching it, and so it's it's changed again because they've mm. really cha- they're trying to change the flow. It looks like sevens on steroids with thirteen players. Mm. Like it's just um, well, that was what big... was that was what was cool about the Dolphins. What I watched of them last week was like any time the ball went into the backfield. Their back three were so agile and like hitting mm. hitting real good angles at pace and like changing angles as well. And then it was the same on their fourth and fifth tackles. They were they were running like real good angles from depth, like hitting the yeah, hitting yeah, the yeah. hitting the ball on the line, but coming from depth and changing the animal uh, angle at the line. And that's why they were getting through and scoring those magnificent drives. I was like, this is you know, I'm gutted that the Roosters are losing here, but this is magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> they, they played Wayne Bennett, mate, the master coach. Yeah. What a, apparently, there's a good doco out about um, the rise of the Dolphins. Yeah, that's, it's, yeah. it's cool to see. Yeah, I've heard it's a pretty mean documentary. Eh? The talk, it goes behind the scenes on how they recruited and the management of players and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, so, apparently, it's, an all, it's a pretty decent one to sink your teeth in. But here, we, this is like Sunday RNZ sport, mate. We're like, Talk back show. We should be taking calls now from our listeners. Yeah, since since radio, call <laughs> us up now. Nah. Um, were you? Did you go to that um, Warriors Cowboys game at Rugby Park and like must have been their first season about ninety six or so? And they had like the ah. heli- helicopter fly and these people dressed up in cowboy boots and and stuff. And of course, we got the Warriors. Who was this? Was it? Was it? Was Rugby Park? Yeah, they like bought in the like um, temporary stands. Was it? Oh shit! Mate, yeah. You must have. You must have just been. Down a bluff, you know. Must have been down the bus sucking on some oysters, mate. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> oh, I didn't even know that, did they? Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, because um, we That's had like a, 
a little bit was of rag- rugby league growing up because my my grandpa's one of these people that um you know how dare he went played rugby league um yeah, for otago yeah. and yeah. he even tells tells the yarn that because he coached i think varsity c or b and of course student holidays when you're the b or the c team you're um short a few players and so my grandpa decided i think you know maybe in his late 30s potentially 40s that he'd strap on the boots and go into the the front row and the second he stood on the field, one you know, Tory Tory people, he was involved with horse racing as well, so people knew who he was. The moment he stood on the field, they're like, "He can't play. He's playing rugby league." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, what what a what a time in, in the history, <laughs> mate!" Now they they blow it all over social media. They'll be all over it. <laughs> yeah, it'll be extra on league play gets back into amateur sport. Can't do that. Yeah, yeah can't do that. That's a no-no. <laughs> hey, speaking of speaking of league, quickly while we're we're replicating scenes Sunday update. Um, <laughs> but have you listened to um, um, James's interview with um, Elijah Taylor? Taylor, no, I saw that come up. No, I haven't. Bro, it's fucking good, man. It's 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 blows your mind what he went through with his manager. Talks a lot yeah. about the manager that, that rinsed him of about 400k. In the um, UK or in New Zealand? In his, uh, New Zealand based manager, this was when he was up at um, Penrith and West yeah. Tigers. But yeah, it was just like, bro, it's a, that's worth a listen. 100% recommend it. But then it'll just make your blood boil because you think like, how the hell was this and there's nothing you can do about it, bro. Mm. He's, yeah, you can't get his money back. This guy is like lives in Christchurch too. Oof. He, he was a, he was a sports psychologist, or yeah. he is a sports psychologist. Yeah. So yeah, it's a good one. But it's a good one. That's a good. Listen. Anyway, that's my final. Oh no, uh, I've got one. I've got one more. Is is uh, um, Isaac Luke Isaac John? Sorry, and um, Artie Severe. Did you listen to that? No, I haven't listened to that one. No. So, yeah, they, they, they again talk about sports management and like Artie negotiating his last um, New Zealand rugby contract. And there was, um, I think TJ Pianalas talked about as well, like that little bit of transparency, obviously, when it comes mm. to um, whatever it's called, provincial championship, super, and then New Zealand, New Zealand, yep. that, that there's that central contract. Yes. And, and so, like, yeah, Adi flat out says like the price price range for that, and of course Isaac's comparing that to um, you know internationals in the NRL. Obviously, the NRL has the complication of salary gap, but if you're an international and you're playing the NRL, or you're an Origin player and you're playing the NRL, your salary is like way way massive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, they're, they're sort of discussing the ideas about income and and, and money and outside brand and. Personal brand and all that sort of stuff. It's a, it's a, I, I sit, I um, know a guy. He's from from Chicago. Who's who's a player manager. The thing is with Pat Pat Tuipulotu and um, who's the number eight for the Blues? Uh, was from Hoskins. Hoskins, Hoskins. Yeah, I think he's with Hoskins Hoskins as well. Yeah, um, Invercargill boy. Um, yeah, he's. I said that to him. I was like, Have you listened to this? I'd love to know your opinion on that. Yeah. It'd be interesting to listen to that. He's, um, Elijah Taylor. Yeah, that's what yep. I was, was going to say. James's interview, uh, Ezra Taylor, the, his his time uh, going from Wesley to Dunedin. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, up to Queensland, eh? Yeah. Up to Queensland. Um, yeah, he's got some 
yeah, personal personal demons and limit, um, you know, self sabotages and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, no, I find, find this why, quite interesting. That's why you got the ABs taken off up to Japan. Like, why wouldn't you go up to Japan when you're 27, 26? Because you're gonna be, you're gonna be crushing. You're gonna be making so much more money than you can on a central contract, even on an AB's contract. AB contracts are all tiered, right? So mm. you have to be in the top echelon, and then there's only X amount of players that they can pay over a million dollars. Like, mm. it's like two or three, maybe two. It's 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 crazy. You haven't um, you haven't never looked into the. New Zealand rugby books, have you? Well, then they've got all these lost leaders. That's the, that's the problem. Like, New Zealand rugby is such an expensive system to run. Um, and no wonder they signed deals with like AIG and BlackRock. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's crazy, right? Like, it's, it's, a, it's expensive, but then it's like your players, you know, I mean, 100%, like if we were in that situation, you and I, and I would 100% be looking at, I'm going to go to Japan. Like, I need to make secure financial freedom and future for my family beyond my last good playing days. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you do that? Like, they, they, New Zealand can't offer that. It's, like, it's, it's buzzy with your your story, like, going going to uni, you know, you've done some stuff with South and Rugby, but, like, going to uni for uni and then finding, you know, or having it confirmed to you that actually Stefan, you're a fucking good rugby player, mate. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Had to leave Southland to get told that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, oh, I think down there, like, you know, Southland's a. Fuck, it's, it's like. I, I was from Bluff. I was from Bluff too, and I don't know whether that had a lot to do with it, but then I. I it just. I don't know. I, to be really, really honest, bro, I was probably too lazy. Yeah. And and I was too scared. I didn't know how to. How do I? How do you go up to the next level? How mm. do you do that from bluff? Like it wasn't like there was mean as role models down there or people in the community saying, "Hey, bro, let's go. With this this is what you got in front of you." See this. Um, see this hill up here um, behind us, there, Stefan. We're going to run up here three times a week, and you're yeah. going to be an animal. And then hundred percent. Uh, two other 100%. days. Jim Haggis has got a gym, right? Just go get on that um, bench machine. You probably would have yeah. lifted, the, lifted the stack, no worries. <laughs> but, like, still, lift the stack yeah. 20 times instead of lifting yeah. the stack, doing five by five and going, I'm not getting anywhere. Do it 20, yeah, yeah. 20, 20 by five of the stack. And, like, you know, that'll probably actually be quite good as a center because you'll be strong and lean and have good muscle endurance. <laughs> like, imagine if you did. Like, I don't know if anybody knew that information in Invercargill. Maybe Sid, 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 um, Sid Cummings. Sid but... Cummings. Oh, there was... Um... <laughs> What was his name? The guy down in Bluff. Uh, oh, do you know a guy called Dwayne Shannon? No, I, that name sounds familiar to me, but I don't know him, no. Bro, <laughs> absolute weapon. Like, um, just, and he was probably the only one, and he was all straight up. Funny enough, he would be a guy that I'd listen to today if I was like 18, 19 year old Stefan. Because he'd be the guy, he's the guy who would go like, um, and there's another guy called Angie Goodman too. And they were like, if you fucking want to get anywhere and you want to make it, this is what you have to do. Like that's what you said, up the hall, train every day, do A, B, C, and D. And that's exactly what those two guys did. Like, and, they were, and Dwayne became, he played for Southland. He was mm -hmm. over side flanker for Southland. Just an absolute fitness machine. Yeah. Like, just train, like, absolute weapon. 
Rangi Goodman was the same, just trained like an absolute beast. And um, they were the only two, really. So, and I was this young whippersnapper. Those guys were in their like mid 20s and shit like that. And they were like out there crushing it. Just actually animals on the pitch, too. Two guys you don't want to meet on the pitch. Yeah. Because they were just like play super hard, incredibly fit, and would never, ever tire. Like mm. the engine would be in sixth gear, whole 80 minutes. And just like smoking you so but yeah you just i don't know i think as a young kid you just don't have that well you know little wee town traveling up to invercargill uh to go to high school where most of the resource was and you know and then you got to think oh how am i going to commute from bluff up to invercargill no mum and dad are working you know so you kind of those didn't yeah easy excuses hey it's just like yeah you look straight away, like, straight away they're right there and you're like oh well it's too hard <laughs> yeah just be, yeah but then you go then go to dunners and it's like oh fuck it's right there on your doorstep because the targo's just that's you know the targo's yeah, like the setup's right there you just walk down the road but it's all there and you're you're surrounded by people that are like-minded and and they're kind of into it eh? but um or, but or the, case, the case of the sharks it's like mate here's a van okay you, you can have the van if you go pick everybody up. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just going to get my own holding, mate. And then, uh, then you end up getting rung up. Oh, can you come pick us all up? You're like, ah, oh, bloody bastards. So <laughs> you just, those good times. But um, I think that's sort of like for life, though. Eh? Yeah. Like, you've, got, you've, got to surround you, you've got to surround yourself with people that are like-minded. And you've got to surround yourself with people that challenge you. Mm. They can really like help you sharpen your tools, your skill sets um that are going to benefit you and the people that are around you so mm. i mean they're really good lessons they eh? like to pass on and I, hopefully i the you know i'm able to do that by talking to people that i that i can um along those similar lines because learn lessons eh? they're so valuable like incredibly yeah. valuable i mean yourself man you've learned a lot i mean what have you learned what have you what do you what have you done now today that you would go back and tell the young Ryan at 18, this is a, this is what you should do or could do. Sorry, could do. Mate, uh, I'd uh, definitely sort them out financially. That was for sure. But, um, <laughs> uh, and, but that, that's quite good because it ties into um, uh, here's how you do a food budget and there's some good foods for you. Um, yeah. Actually, mate, you're gluten intolerant, so don't drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know what you do about the like excessive excessive drinking problems, but um, yeah, uh, no, I, I think I'd, I trained really well. Um, like I was, I was going to say before about having people come and mentor you. We were so lucky in football that John Herman came to Invercargill. I don't know how oh, the hell, yeah. I don't know how the hell that happened. Like he was in the media a couple months ago because he, um, he yeah. was at, at the World Cup with Canada. New Zealand football nearly signed it, and they fucked that up royally. I don't know what the hell happened there. Um, all of a sudden, Daddy Hayes' name was thrown in the hat, and, and of course, Canada wanted to hold on to him. <laughs> John's like, well, like, what do you guys like, – plus, John has a history with New Zealand football. Like, he mm. came to Invercargill. He, like, turned Southern into this, like, professional well, – semi-professional outfit – it didn't quite follow into Otago United because, again, that was like a club and, and you know what people were like. Mm. <laughs> and then he went up to Auckland, um, became director of football, coached the woman, took them to a World Cup, and then it was like, you know, football's an international game and Canada are like, 
hey, we'll have you. And um, yeah, I same on LinkedIn to some random person like this. John Herman is in terms of a developer of people, developer of systems, he is elite. And I, I wrote on yeah. that random guy from Canada's post, like, yeah, that guy changed my life. Um, mm. simple, simple thing, look good, feel good, play good. So like I had that attitude. I had that attitude of like, you've got to be a professional to move forward. It was just um, that real sort of, and, and, and it's kind of like, you need to go through it to become who you are type stuff. But like, I don't know how I would have hacked those first initial years of, of uni, um, how I would have got that balance better. Um, and then moving to Auckland and just being broke as fuck. Again, I like would have, would have, would have to, told myself how to be more financially savvy. Mm. And I, think, I think that would have opened up my thinking a little bit better. Mm. The, the last year, so 2013, this goes back to that goal setting. I went down at the end of 2012. Um, Tom, mm, shit, can't remember his last name. Anyway, um, one of the rugby managers down in Chicago got me into that South and Seven system. Um, I'd been playing Sevens for three years. We went to the qualifying tournament, played well. Um, I thought I was going to go to Nationals, and then sure enough, the academy players show up in the last week and i'm like oh i see how this is <laughs> and then but he said to me he was like you need to go back to auckland um see if you could put on tkgs play blood inside flanker and like here's the fitness program that's gonna not that's gonna get you super fit but not take off too many too much weight is what um jason rutledge uses um and yeah just go for gold so i had that in my head i was like I think I put on 13 kgs. I, I came to back to Southland at 103 and still able to do a 13.6 beep test. And, yeah, I thought I was going to make it. But, again, it was like last week, Academy shows up. I guess I'm not going to lose it all then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's that that was one of those things that, like, to, to gain belief, you've just got to, like, see how far you can go. Like, mm. Part of it was talking to the right person that was like, yeah, why not? Why can't you play Sevens for Southland? And I was like, well, okay, well, let's do it. Um, um, and then, yeah, I, I know the problem with when it came to rugby is not having a history in rugby. And it's like when everybody in New Zealand plays rugby, it's like, what are your credentials? Oh, you don't have any? Ah, uh, cool. <laughs> this guy over there ha has credentials. We know he's been in this this region, this system, so that's what's going to go on. And mm -hmm. I think not getting angry about that, but yeah, like today waking up, it's the weekend, feel feel good. Like yesterday was awesome. We went up, mm -hmm. um, Nicole went up, I went up to Hutter. Um, we went and played like a work mod team, put on the, the trampoline plus, and was just like enjoying that play some Tim bowling, just do some backflips on the trampoline, stuff those up, <laughs> shoot, <laughs> shoot terrible hoops on the, on the basketball machine. I don't know. It's, it's probably just that like satisfaction in yourself work. But again, you're a young 20 year old. Mm. You're supposed to be aspirational. And mm. maybe that's, that's the thing that you start to shift in life as you start to tick stuff off is like your satisfaction levels improve and your aspirations become narrower there's sort of only like two or three things left to do and and that's like have this awesome family unit awesome relationship 
and a couple of business things and and, and um foster young people growing up you know it's it's it's, it's quite cool is that is that similar yeah. on, on you stepa oh man i reckon it would take like 20 years to change the 20 years i lived beforehand <laughs> stupid shit i did yeah <laughs> but um you know it's i wouldn't like i wouldn't really change too much it's there's little things that i would definitely 100 percent do and that would um i would ensure that you know that certain things that i didn't achieve i did achieve mm. because i was you know made a wrong choice yeah. or i didn't follow i didn't follow through with a good choice mm -hmm. potentially as probably a better response and um but man i've enjoyed my life now and enjoy the things that i've done and and you know it's it's there's there's heaps of good memories like i've met so many bloody good people uh, during those times as well too so um it's just about i think absorbing the, the that part of my life and then just passing on a few nuggets to my girls just to you know just to be not saying hey don't do this it's just like hey be aware of the situation and and you know allow them to form their own especially my oldest potentially like develop and form up her own ideas about how she how she wishes to transfer no transverse across this world as she gets older and mm. deal with different people she's coming to to... teenage years eh? she's a teenager now yeah 13 so she's first year at high mm. school mm. um she's got nice. like a th thousand things going on like yeah. bloody netball tag league uh kapaka like everything like it's just just super busy um but it's great for her because she's one that needs to be busy can't be idle like she's idle man she would just like easy just lounge around jump on socials and just just muck around but she loves to be busy she's gotta yeah. be a busy person nice. um but you know it's a different stage of my, my life as a dad like moving into that teenage could of years um because that's not going to last very long it's like what five years or so and then five years about eh? 18 and then young adult then making choices life choices living choices relationship choices that's kind of on her we just have to support her mm, you know? mm. and that's coming real quick so it's like oh my gosh <laughs> yeah bro yeah um you brought up kabaka like we, we had a conversation um whilst mm. Matasini was on uh about Kabaka and how you done a little bit in bluff I was lucky enough to go to St Joseph's and we had a small marae oh, yeah. and kohangareo next door so um Maori language and and Maori culture was a big part of our school um like the pre-house in our classrooms was called the kiva and we used to do um our Hekarakia in, in Māori, mm. so like um, I was super lucky with that, and and um, I don't know if the judges knew that I was uh, completely pretty much Māori and a little uh, sorry, completely Irish and no Māori at all <laughs> um, when I won <laughs> when I won the choir a couple of times. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I remember growing up on a Sunday morning because I'm such an early riser, and um, I'd get up and I'd the kapaka would be on tv and i used to watch it yeah. all the time and it would be like this was awesome so i think that's why when it came to doing kapaka i had like had the ethos even though i knew nothing about 
what was being said or what the yeah. what what the translations were. But that was what was really cool about the teachers that we had in Kapaka that explained to us the haka or or what was in the mihi or you know. And mm. um, so now, again, even though I can't fully understand Māori, I know the sentiment of what's going on. Yeah. Um, mm. How was how was that event, man? It looked awesome. I was following it all on yeah. TikTok. Um, yeah, yeah, it looked cool. <laughs> yeah, man, it was pretty epic. Hey, it's, it's yeah, Tamatatini. I mean, like they hadn't held one since 2019 because of COVID, so it, it sort of stopped them being able to hold those events. So, but 45 Kabaka teams from out the Aotearoa. You know, performing the first three days, 15 a day, and then it's cut down to top 12, I think, for Saturday to perform. Um, but yes, probably the best venue they've ever had it at was in Park. It was beautifully set up. Um, geez, in excess of 100,000 people must have come through over the four days, probably way more than that. Um, and really well set up. And I was lucky because I had like cousins in three three kapapa groups. So one from um, Waitaha up in Christchurch, and then two from Rotorua, so Orihu and um, Tuorangi. So they were in those groups as well. So which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was a night. It was a great event because everything that the country had been through too, like especially for Maori communities. One COVID for two years and then a bloody flood hit Auckland and then cyclone smashes through Hawke's Bay and Gizzy. Mm. So it was kind of nice to have this massive event where Māori communities and people could come together and celebrate because it felt like that. It felt like a bit of healing. Mm. Like people were, because you hadn't seen people for such a long time too. So I bumped into like dozens of people over the days that I hadn't seen for a couple of years because of, you know, mandatory bloody lockdowns people spread throughout <laughs> the country and then um so it was, it was beautiful it was beautiful for that but it was also made so yeah i think tvnz did a brilliant job of, of hosting it they basically gave them a whole channel for four days yeah i mean what mainstream european run media um organization in new zealand's ever done that i mean it was, it was cracking me up that people were getting upset that it was on tv and it's like mate i as a child i used to watch it all the time mm. so i don't know i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> We didn't oh, have Sky. It wasn't on Sky. It was on TV2 before yeah. what now started. <laughs> but it's all good. Like, so you think, like, say, Channel 2. We've got, like, a thousand ta- channels in New Zealand now to choose from. You know what I mean? <laughs> Netflix, Hula. You've yeah. got Sky. So yeah, Why are you yeah. watching it? If you don't like it, why are you watching it? Change the channel. Yeah, buddy. just change the channel, buddy. It's all good. But I think it was, um, <laughs> it was good for, one, to showcase Māori culture, but it showcased... Maori culture and Aotearoa to the world, mm. like it just because it was streamed everywhere. It was all it was available all over the world. So I reckon that was that was awesome for that aspect of it as well. But also, it just felt, and I think hopefully it came through on the TV and that. But it felt like it was just a really happy, thoughtful, a happy healing four days for a lot of people. Like there was lots of aroha and lots of like just real good vibes about the whole four days that was did you catch up on what happened at the pulpit i'm I'm not talking about um, the the person uh, passing away 
Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have no, I have no, I have no comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> that was am that was amazing. Like I, I caught, like yeah. I had sort of heard that. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, there's a bit of controversy at the Porphyry. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. And um, and then it was like, oh, someone died. I was like, oh, right, that, yeah. that's pretty big. But no, that wasn't yeah. the controversy. Um, yeah. I, I was watching again on TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. Yeah. Um, Al Moana um sort of laid it out, and it was that like. Tainui came and being like, yeah. what are you guys talking about that? There's 19 tribes here or something like that. And then the Okaniwi being like, not taking their koha. And then that koha ended up getting passed on to the, the whanau, yeah. whanau of the person that died. Was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and th these guys in their analysis were like, this is actually um, traditionally what Porphyry had. Like, this is probably the first time that a lot, of, a lot of this mm. generation have seen true, like, mm. conjecture and uh disagreement but that that yeah. was that was also quite what was quite cool about it it was like disagreement in a platform like somebody has a me the other person has a me and that's like they don't align and but you know they didn't, they didn't i think um time we left and didn't have the kind of stuff like that but you know then you say when it comes to actually then going to the event people perform it's wonderful um mm. yeah like it's and and that's what they're saying on the on the little reel is that you know this this will needs to be sorted out and that's where the whole iwi structure comes in you know then they need to have discussions mm. about this sort of stuff <laughs> oh yeah 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 and i think it was um it was it was fantastic that that koha was then given to the whanau or the photographer who passed away mm. um that's that's awesome and that's showed you um a degree of humanity but also sensibility around someone who had passed it that during that pohiri and that so um and that they are right yeah so that that's where you want to do it if you wanted to have a stance and it wanted to disagree with uh, what had been said that's where you do it you do it there um but yeah they'll need to still sort that out um they won't forget <laughs> because it's, the um, is down in Nawahi, I think it is, or in Waikato, and it's in Taranaki, no, Taranaki oh, next, then Nelson next, and then I think it's in Waikato after that. So that's six years away. Yeah. Yeah. So they've got six years to sort it out. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's like, you know, they've been disagreeing, dis they've been in disagreement and disagreements for centuries. You know, mm. that's an ongoing thing between Iwi and Hapu um, and leadership. Uh, there's been disagreements for very, 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 very long time over multiple things. So, but yeah, we saw it for the first time. You saw you saw a disagreement at a massive pohiri live on TV. <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, that's cool. That's how it rolls. <laughs> yeah. And now uh, um, it was interesting. That's for sure. Yeah, that's yeah, created some um, interest in it. So, that's. And it's made it like, hey, you know, because you know, you think like, you, if you watch parliamentary TV, sometimes it's the funniest thing to watch, man. Because these idiots that we pay, taxpayers pay them to represent us, just sitting out in parliament, just arguing and baiting one another. And they sling shit. Just, yeah, yeah. They're slinging shit. And it's like, oh my God, we're paying these geezers and they're just sitting there talking crap and just firing shit at each other. It's, it's a, sometimes it's funny. You want to giggle. You're having a low day, people. Go and watch parliamentary TV and you realize, <laughs> oh my God, we've got idiots in power. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. And, oh, uh, my God. Te, te I, was it uh, from Lisbon? Terai? No. I'm missing uh, one. Yeah. To find out, Yeah. And they hit the silt, the silt on, on their body. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Terai Tarafiti. Yeah. 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 They had, in response to. The flood, eh? Yeah, their floods and the land's been devastated by that. So that was a bit of a statement by them too. How did they um, get up there? Did they have to drive down to like Palmerston North and up? Or <laughs> how did they get through? Um, I'm not too sure. I know that the Gizzy Airport was still open. Um, and there was some roads still open. I know the road to Taupo from there was closed, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, Napier Taipi Road is closed. Was the... Uh, Oporiki Road open around maybe, the coastways. Maybe that was how how they did it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So they made it up, which is awesome because we I actually thought that they wouldn't be able to get out. So, um, but they were able to come up. So that was that was great. Otherwise, there would have been less less teams performing. Mm. Um, there had been chat about potentially postponing it so to let the region to recover because these people were leaving their rohi to come up to perform, but. They also wanted to be there for their people to help the mm. the area to recover and, and search for people and and so forth. So it was kind of awesome that they were, they made a decision to come up and perform and commit that performance and to the people down there. Mm. You know, so that was that was awesome to do that. So that that's what I mean. Like there was this really just a really good vibe and just got a real strong sense of it was, it was just an awesome opportunity for people to heal because they hadn't mm. been through so much hadn't seen a lot of people for a long time and then you could come together for such a beautiful event so um, it's a must go if you get the opportunity roll and go to taranaki for the next one in two years because i think it's just set the standard like yeah of of how to set up and do kapahaka to make it mainstream um, and it's given it this massive international order, audience now. Yeah. Like, it's just grown it exponentially. So it's got a huge opportunity to be massive for for New Zealand and for Aotearoa. So that was mean. Hey, um, I was just going to ask you a quick question because we went, bro, this pod's awesome because we've just talked about a thousand different things. But um, did you see ISIS um, YKTR about scooping Jacko Nat or leaving? <laughs> I did, yeah. Oh man, I felt sorry for the boy. Yeah, especially when he cried. I was like, "Oh mate." <laughs> yeah. So, but um, interesting, interesting. Have you What's seen? It? Have you seen Scoop and um, Willie's show as well? It's it's like carbon copy. <laughs> I, I know, right? It's a, uh, uh, you know, yeah. But that that was Scoop though when he was with by KTR, right? So yeah, actually, that was him. He's just taken him south yeah. with Willie, and they've set themselves up. But I, yeah, whatever happened, it's I felt sorry for Ice because they'd been through enough already. Because they'd been through that bloody thing with Jacko and the other boy. Yeah, and and and, and also that they had like Jacko and Simi had that like we we were talking about that last time. Yeah, and then there was also Simi getting caught with, with drugs or something like that. <laughs> Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> but it's also like... It's business. And uh, if you're going to do business on public, on social media, yeah, you, yeah you're going to have to 
it's been good, good and bad. So I can see why people were a little bit anti-social media. <laughs> yeah, bro, you want to live your business life through it. You got to be really careful. But then also, if you're going to go into business, with, well, if you're going to go into business with people that you are friends with, or you, you become real good friends with, then the fallout is always going to hurt way more because yeah. there's a degree of loss and um, um, of of bit of skull daggery taking yeah. place, which I think he was kind of alluding to, like a little bit of out of left field about scoop bailing mm. but he, he knew about jacko going right because jacko's doing their podcast with the warriors yeah yeah and and yeah there was there, there was sort of um a same i think luke as well he's off doing videography with a bunch of people like that's sort of like they've got better offers whereas yeah, yeah it, it seemed like exactly that like scoop and willie have just gone and taken what they were doing within it and moved it out of it, which, yeah, you know, there's there's always two sides to that. Um, and I think Isaac did a good job of acknowledging that Scoop has a young family now. He's, mm. got, he's got to try, you know, he's probably made that decision that he's got to try and sort of 10x this thing and make it sustainable. You know, it's a bit like yeah, yeah. Us, us talking about if you're a New Zealand rugby player and you're – um, in Super Rugby, um, you're not necessarily getting the messages from um, the All Blacks, and somebody comes knocking on your door from Japan with with a good check and a good lifestyle for a couple of years. It's like, mm. man, what are you what are you going to do? Like, um, yeah, it's it's life is pretty dynamic. <laughs> well, and, it's 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 fluid, right? Yeah, and this and, and that's the thing. Like, there's like this is this is the small part. And any already within yeah. two weeks, ICE has had awesome stuff. Like you know, the very next yeah. week he has Artie Severe on a podcast, and they're going to collaborate. Like, hundred cool. percent. And he's yeah. still pumping out um, fresh designs. Yeah, latest latest season designs. So that, ba- that baseball tee is mint. I think I might buy that. It looks so cool. <laughs> yeah, I haven't like. There we go. Oh, you got one. <laughs> yeah, nah, it's a rule breaker one. I got a, a few years ago. Yeah. Um, because I got like YKTR stuff, like my wife got it for me, like when they first launched. Yeah. So I had like the OGTs, because they used to, it's a white and just the black writing. And then yeah. they had like the sort of gray um, crew neck sweet top. No. I still got it. Like it's vintage, <laughs> mate. Yeah. Vintage. But um, yeah, it's funny. It's funny the evolution, like it may be a really good thing for ICE and YKTR. Yeah. You can go into a direction. And maybe Ice was getting a little bit—I don't know. Maybe he's getting a bit tired of the the, the silliness of banter on yeah. social. Like he's maturing as yeah. a company and as a person. And, yeah, it's, and, not... it, and it's interesting he's gone back to that real uh, that oh, I can't think of the podcast he did the other day, but that chicken with the um, that female entrepreneur. I'll just bring it up because <clears throat> I've listened to a few of them. It keeps suggesting more and more. Uh, not that one. Um, oh, I must be on a different different platform. It's hard to keep up with them. Mm. With old ice, he did that. Did that check in? Has this got um Corey Norman in it? Still investors in his company? Yeah, yeah. So that's what. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, are they chickens in France right now? Eh. Not too sure. Oh yeah, no. Corey Norman's in France, isn't he? No, England, France, one of the two. 
Or they both must be. Yeah. It's too many, too many channels. <laughs> um, He's got a lot of channels. It was funny when he uh, shared young lasers like talking about in the South Waikato, New Zealand, and uh, one word we always use is hell. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, old Laz, he's, he's crack up. He he drives the um the puncture or like big big scale wheel trailer for fast. Bridgestone, or been careful, Bridgestone, I think it is, um, in Tokoro. So he's, he's got the job of doing all the like tankers, tractors, and logging trucks. Eh? It's yeah, br- brutal schedule, but obviously he's got time to, you know, make funnier stuff like that. He's got a re- another really good one about this, you know, the mate that's fought everyone, and, and when your mate has fought a poltergeist, it's <laughs> <laughs> oh, not many people can say this. Yeah. The one out the pol- poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> one out the poltergeist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you do, do you remember any sayings from Invercargill? Just, just, oh. just not say a lot. <laughs> I don't know if they had any sayings down there, did they? Yeah, uh, if, if we did, it was probably five years after somebody else had said it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate. <laughs> right. Hundred percent, mate. You know, it'd be just be pretty weak. Yeah. Um, the chat game wasn't strong down there. As I said, um, just say not a lot. <laughs> just, yeah, just please be quiet, guys. Um, I know in our family the chat game's strong. It's like especially on dad's side of the farm. It's like, oh my gosh, just go back down home. You just it doesn't matter how long you're down for. Whether it's twenty four hours or for a week, it's just the entire time. It's just getting rinsed. Getting rinsed. <laughs> If it's not 24 hours, it's for seven days straight. Yeah. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal. It'd be, you... um, it, it wouldn't, wouldn't pass mustard if it was um, race relation conciliator was down there. To stick to. <laughs> but I'd be like, this guy's, one well, of these guys on another planet, mate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's brutal. You, you were working at the Matatini, eh? Yeah, yeah. So I was there with public health. So just to support the like um community providers uh Hapai and Waipereira Trust and Natifato Rake. So they had health or um space there and they were doing MMR. So yeah. Promoting MMR immunization. Um, had that measles community. outbreak started before then? No, no, we had, there was one case. Just one yeah. case. So and that's in Tauranga as well. Uh, um, we got a we got a um letter the other day through our board that you know, if you're working in Tauranga in, in Auckland, just be aware. Uh, I haven't heard of that one. Oh, uh, uh, you know, what's an, what's an outbreak? It's probably three people. Talk, like. <laughs> well, yeah, well, if they get one, well, we had yeah. one one person and then um, that was dealt with really, really swiftly because it was, and that actually came from case picked it up in India. And it was sort of caught and transferred back here, but it didn't spread. So that was like, mean because it's as you probably as you know measles is a highly infectious disease and yeah, we've got such o- ocular side effects as well i think it's part of yeah. why we end up knowing about that yeah, yeah. And, and there's such low immunization rate in new zealand especially for young people because of covid because it's it's knocked back all the immunization programs in new zealand because you couldn't do them so there's so, a it's, whole... but so it's not so it's not just like a case of everyone's a bit confused about immunizations again but um, the actual rollout of immunizations hasn't really been going down so well. Yeah, it hasn't been going down because COVID's really sort of eaten up everyone's time. So now everyone's 
there's a massive immunization push coming because um, it's not only MMR, it's it's other Pooping uh, communicable, and... yeah, communicable diseases. Yeah, p p pertussis, is, pertussis. Yeah, pertussis is, we've had a few, quite a few cases. There's been tuberculosis. Um, there's been some others that are f floating around, but it's because everything's been like COVID has been dampened, has, has put, put a lid over everything at the moment. And then with isolations, people have, I mean, isolation, so lockdowns, people haven't been interact, doing, interacting on the same levels. And then we haven't had the same importation of people coming into the country either. Um, but with the ports opening, the airports opening, cruise ships coming in, um, with low, that times low immunization rate equals fucking big problem in the foreseeable future if there's a massive outbreak and if there's one for measles but it could be devastating mm. um so we're we're really on top of it really vigil about it really sensitive about it in regards to like stepping up setting things up properly with if a case comes through so we're really on top of it so but it's a big um big concern to be honest like so if anyone's listening, if you you want to check your immunizations, I'd go go to your GP, check your immunizations for yourself and for your young kids, especially because it's the young kids which are, have got the lowest rates at the moment. Mm. Um, what was it? Was there any negative kickback? And whereabouts were you set up? Uh, so we're based up in Tamaki. So, oh, sorry, at no. uh, Matu, Matu. Oh no, 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 none at all, none at all. I can't, we didn't really know what to expect. I guess most people's eyes too were. A lot of those focused on the cyclone, the ravaged areas of Gisborne and Hawke's Bay. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people within the in the the health space, public health space, were focusing on that area and were had been pulled in to assist. So, no, there wasn't anything negative. Um, I think people are just happy to be out and about during that time. So, there's lots of things we need to work on in the health space. So. From a public health perspective, and with our partners, Takafai and Defata Order, but also our providers out in the community, um, GP worlds, you know, primary healthcare, you know, it's, nothing's perfect. It's going to take time for changes to really be implemented properly and to bed in, but we're just, our key focus is really on managing, not managing, ensuring that, that we don't have mass outbreaks of communicable diseases getting on top of it but we've got so much expertise in the country at the moment in regards to setting up um scrums and i um imts and and contact tracing because everyone's got all that working background from covid mm. um so there's a there's quite a bit of strong workforce and knowledge there but we just touch wood bro we just don't need another let's have a break let's have a break guys <laughs> 12 months 18 months man let's just can we just have a normal cool life like we used to have before 2019 yeah actually actually some sun some sun i was lucky i went to watercare i was just like oh my gosh that's that was that was so so lucky because it's bad it's been raining <laughs> oh, mate, it's been raining that much man i've thought like i'm gonna start sprouting mushrooms mate because i'm like that's just it's, it's been the humidity side and it's rains and it's just oh man it hasn't been a great summer has it? it's been bloody awful up here yes um but now we could talk about public health and for donkey's ages well um, it's, it's, a, it's a deep deep issue 
Um, <clears throat> it's a massive know. one, yeah. yeah. And uh, I've said uh, facetiously, but also it uh, sort of lands the sort of scale of of not the, not the problem. The scale of the uh, challenge at hand is that um, in order to make the system more efficient, get better outcomes it's you know budgeted 80 billion dollars and and that like you say well what does that number even mean and it's taking a task force that's bigger than heineken new zealand and you go wow Mm -hmm. and not new zealand heineken global sorry yeah and and you're like so how bad is is the problem and it's like it's 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 a challenge because it's such a moving system and we've had all these separate parts for so long and like we talked about last time mm. there's been um so much unmet uh need and then ingrained sort of interactions which have sort of soured the waters um you know at that Lots of people will need to take a hard look at themselves and take responsibility for um, on, on either side. And it's like, right, there we we need uh, this. This is one of those things that's like a, a system change is trying to take place here, and hopefully we can make those outcomes, like we said, more efficient and mm. um, get access to the right places, and the the outcomes are positive, and it's. It's a big ship to turn. <laughs> oh, it's a massive shift. Massive, massive shift. I mean, we're probably, in my opinion, you're looking at three generations before you're going to see positive impacts in, in the health inequities and the STEM. Some of those statistics that we see all the time where Māori are propping up the majority of all health outcomes. So that's going to take a long long time but you need people to have appetite and fight and desire to make change um and there's a lot of unlearning to be done right so um and we also want to be able to encourage new people into the system because you need new thinkers you know new people bring new ideas bring better thinking bring um strong pragmatism but they bring blue sky thinking and solutions um, we can't have the same old s- stereotypical leaders that they've had over the last couple of decades still leading in a reform process. It doesn't like, bro. That's like, that's like, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna rise the, the Titanic and we're gonna sail it again into an iceberg. And it's still the same construction as well. Yeah, same, it's not like it's not like, we've, it's not like we've turned it into an icebreaker. No, we've still got the yeah, same Titanic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're still still going to go in the same direction. We're going to still hit the same iceberg. It's like probably we're going to repeat the same mistakes. So, um, yeah, but there's like, there's good people there. But I just yeah, generation. It's, I'm looking at. It's not going to be my kids. It's not going to be my kids' kids. It's going to be my great great grandchildren that are potentially will see the benefits of an improved health system mm. if, if it could happen overnight in 10 years right brilliant but i don't think anywhere in the world you could ever find a system that's turned it around in 10 years yeah and it's fascinating like you say it's like a three generation problem on a like four to six generation country <laughs> you know yeah. you know and, and and to be fair modern medicine, modern medicines 
only just sort of knocking on the door of a hundred years anyway. Um, but I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When, penic- when penicillin's still prevalent, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> it's all important. Yeah, yeah. And no, it's 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 um it's buzzy to think about. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to somebody the other day about surgery. Oh, that's right. It was eye, eye um, strabismus surgery. So, getting your eye tried to be back in alignment, and I think they had three mm. three surgeries to try to get a reasonably aesthetic outcome. And mm. um, it's just like back in the UK, and I was like, "Yeah, that's that's when it was still a barber surgeon, wasn't it?" <laughs> he's still he's still hanging his um his uh, bloody rags out on the street to let people know that he's that he's cutting out. <laughs> <laughs> still sharpening the same scalpel. You know, yeah, on yeah. A, on a, on a, on a, on a on a piece on a rock, you know. Not 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 washing his hands because that's a, that's a sign that um he's doing lots of work. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Uh, oh man, probably, we could probably go for hours. This is one yeah. of these long podcasts. We'd be like five hours deep. No, we should probably we should probably wrap it up. I might go for a dip in the old Lake Popal. Oh, nice, mate. Nice. Go, go have a gonna... Go have a dip in the cold era. I, I was listening to Rogan this morning, talk to Michael Mellis, and again he was like, oh, if the world blows up, the only safe place is going to be New Zealand. I'm like, mate, can you please read about Lake Topor and, and, and yeah. Mount Tarawera? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big yeah. <laughs> Peninsula. No, no. Like, we are a volcano. <laughs> yeah. So we don't, we don't, we've got enough people here, guys. <laughs> We're quite safe. <laughs> hey, just, um, I guess, a final question oh, before we, we take off, just for me, is um, what's your definition of a happy life, brother? Uh, it currently is, bro. Um, yeah, uh, I said to Will, like living, living into that purpose and, um, I was lucky to define my purpose sort of ad hoc, like looking back and looking forward, which was mm. cool. Like, uh, thankfully my brain was probably fully formed. I was, I was 25. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, so, uh, help people see the world to the best of their abilities improving their mm. lives um that's that can be as narrow as my family as mm. my profession as as me and an individual or like everybody that i interact with and that's you know why i love podcasting interacting with people mm. helping, helping share a message um yeah and that that is something that's fulfilling for fulfilling um looking into the future I, I see the the place i want to be the people i want to be with and mm. having that also those awesome experiences and and um knowing that this story along the way is going to be when i'm sitting there at 70 or whatever uh looking back and going that was lots of fun so yeah that's that's how mate. i have a happy life mate awesome brother that's bloody perfect and you perfect <laughs> <laughs> I think it's um, quite similar to yours, but I'll describe it as um, ensuring my happiness makes others happy around me and that mm. their happiness equals my happiness. So I think that's it's pretty simple and, and narrow, but I wish I knew that when I was 25 too. But um, I know it now. So knowing it now is just as important as wanting to know it when I was 25 because so, I can pass it on to my kids hopefully and share it with others. And I'm like you, just look back hey when you're 70s 80 and just go like man we had a good crack and then here's me and ryan doing um the the, the 10th podcast together episode <laughs> 1000 at 80. we'll have to start being like duncan dressel and, and joe rogan and get some suits out <laughs> oh, i know right I know. duncan, duncan trussell was wearing a mask the other day wasn't he? <laughs> yeah it was that um, the black plague mask <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> 
<laughs> he's absolutely bonkers, eh? Oh, I love him. He's and gold. Yeah. He's gold. Uh, yeah. All well, right, but hey, Billy, let you go. You can jump in the lake, eh? Yeah, but I'll, I'll stop this bloody recording. Press the three buttons. Oh.